Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday, and welcome to the Workers' Mic, right here on 720 WGN. uh, We're powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, and joining me today is Phil Davidson from the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. Welcome back, Phil. That is correct. Good morning, Ed. Nice to see you again, man. It's great to see you. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday as well. Thanks for coming down so early in the morning. Phil, uh, uh, Ken is on, uh, on assignment. Uh, I understand he's out trying to catch all the fish in Florida, and he's not having much luck. But we were talking about that. Doesn't really strike me as an angler, but hey, Ken's a renaissance don't, man. Don't judge a book by its cover, right? You know, we got a lot of we got a lot of feedback when we told the story about him and his metal band opening for Motorhead. You <laughs> That's know, right. he's a, a lawyer with a, a very interesting past, and we know you're listening out there, Ken. So we hope you're catching some fish. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. So we've got a really interesting show today. Uh, we're going to have a uh, a group coming in from Alta Equipment. Now this is a uh, an equipment rental shop that's uh, you know covers the Midwest, kind of the middle third of the country. Um, but they've got a great story about um, their workforce and kind of the approach that they take where if you get employees, you treat them really well, you train them well, you pay them well, and uh, you listen to them, ask them for their, you know, their input and actually make changes, give them opportunities for growth, you can build a, a successful business on that model. And I mean, I think that's something that, you know, Phil, you understand working with the carpenters. I understand that uh, treating your workers well, it's, uh, it's not a cost. It's an investment. It's absolutely and, uh, an investment. And you've, a lot of your members work there. Absolutely, we. Right. I think a uh, hundred local one hundred and fifty members. Uh, he said worked there five years ago. It was, uh, you know, it was it was thirty. He was telling me on the phone. So, um, you know, it's a. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about it. He's, uh, you know, Gianni, the president, who's going to be here, is a, a heck of a good guy. So, um, looking forward to that. Um, and then also, we're going to be talking a little bit about this uh, upcoming writers' strike in Hollywood. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I talk think, of the town, right? So May first, I guess there uh, is the deadline and. Um, we're going to take a look into what the dynamics of that industry are, because I think it's really interesting, um, you know, something that we don't always think about, but, you know, that used to be um, broadcast TV, sitcoms, and now, yeah. you know, mo- I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of people have cut the cord, gotten away from cable, so um, folks who are trying to make a living in those jobs have got to figure out a different, a different way to do that. Do you um, remember the last writer's strike when late yeah. night? television shows we had no writing staff and they would just have to the host would have to get up there and just vamp for right. an hour yeah yeah those are usually the first ones that get impacted is yep. the, the late night shows yep. um, because they don't have anything you know in the can so um we'll do that i mean i know um, phil you've got a lot of interesting things to talk about including some uh, apprenticeship opportunities with the carpenters um so we'll get into all of that uh later on in the show um, as well as the uh, the tax fraud days of action, the carpenters were really involved in that. Held some events around the city, so big week for us. Yep. Yeah, and that's something that I think is is uh, important to workers of of any stripe. So you can tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to uh, a good show today. We'll be back in just a few minutes with a, a panel of uh, professionals from Alta Equipment Group. So stick with us, and we'll be right back with you right here on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to The Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to The Workers' Mic, right here on 720 WGN. This is Ed Maher. I'm joined with Phil Davidson, and we're back with a panel. Uh, We've got Alta Equipment Company in the studio today, and we're very glad to have them. Um, And we have uh, a group of employees there, and uh, we've got Gianni Campo. He's the president of Alta. Chris Bema, he's a director of product support. Greg Pease, the regional vice president of the Midwest. And Ron Anderson, 
who's a senior product support manager and also a proud member of the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, just like me. So welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, um, you know, first off, Gianni, um, you know, the president of Alta, I want, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more. Just tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the company, where you're based, and, uh, you know, what your scope, where your area of operations is. Uh, the company's based in um, Livonia, Michigan. Uh, that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, it was started in 84 by uh, um, Steve Greenwald, and it was started as a material handling forklift company. Uh, and we got into uh, construction equipment in, back in 09. And it start again. It started in Michigan, and we've grown uh, exponentially really over the last few years. This is about our fifth year here now in uh, Illinois. Okay, so we've been here about five years. Still, you know, still young. Uh, a few acquisitions, and we've uh, we've grown, uh, you know, nicely. I guess over the last uh, few years here in Illinois. So you uh, you sell equipment, you rent equipment, and maintain equipment also, right? Yes. Yeah. Sales, service, rentals. Yeah. Absolutely. All like- of it. What type of equipment? How small to how big? Everything. Really yeah. everything in Illinois from literally lawnmowers uh, okay. to, uh, to cranes and everything in between. Yellow iron, um, excavators, off-road trucks, um, loaders, everything. Generators, rental, sales service, all of it. Okay. Um, so you've been um, you've been president. How long have you been president? For, uh, about, about two about years, a little over two years. So you came in right during, uh, right during the pandemic? Yeah, as, as the president, yes. Yeah, okay. During the pandemic, yeah. So I know that during the pandemic, that was uh, the rental industry specifically uh, was kind of a uh, a bellwether for the supply chain issues. You know, uh, construction was coming back; people wanted to get these projects started. There just wasn't the equipment um, to do it, and so rental companies were under a lot of stress to to try to bring in additional products and stuff. So is that is that still kind of the case? Has that improved at all, or you know, how has that helped you? It's it's improved a little bit, but um, I think actually. Uh we weathered that storm pretty well mm-hmm. um, with our size. Um, we're in uh, multiple states, you know, from, from the Midwest to the Northeast down into Florida, and we're able to share equipment and resources between our regions. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we've been able to weather that storm, and, uh, and really I think it's helped because maybe some of the other dealers that were struggling, um, we, we were able to fill some of those voids and given us a seat at the table where maybe we weren't before, and we kind of improved ourselves, whether our equipment or our service. So it's really, I thought, we've weathered the storm and actually probably done pretty well through it. So coming out of the pandemic, how would you say the like how's the, the health of the construction market around uh, uh, Chicago? It's, it's still it's still the demand's still there. I, yeah. We really don't see it slowing down. Um, I mean, I think everyone can attest like a, a little slowdown's okay. You know, we don't want an 08 here, but uh, right. but the demand's still strong, no doubt about it. Okay, so you um, you know, in addition again to selling equipment. Um, and renting equipment, you also service equipment. So you've got a, a staff of mechanics. Yes. Um, and uh, is what's the supply like? I know that's a highly skilled position. So is it tough to find uh, tough to find good talent? Tough to find trained talent? I know you. Uh, a lot of your mechanics are members of uh, the operating engineers local 150, yeah. the heavy equipment technicians. So uh, has it been tough to kind of keep up with the needs? We, we've done a pretty good job. Um, I think we started when we came in here about five years ago with about 30, and we're up to about 100, close to 100 techs right wow. now. that's a lot of growth. Um, we, we think we pay a pretty fair wage. I think we're one of the highest in, in Illinois. Um, so I think you might be one of, one of the top in the nation, which, yeah. you know, hats off to you for that. Yeah, yeah so. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, you know, one of our uh, mantras is uptime matters for sure, and uh, we can't do that without talented techs. Mm-hmm. And um, we've done a good job. We've done a good job uh, keeping talent um, and training talent. Um, so, yeah. We have actually have customers that, excuse me, <coughs> that uh, request our techs to go all over the nation. So, um, really? for example, yeah, I won't 
give specifics, but um, they, you know, we right now we have ten guys in Kentucky and Arkansas. They they want our Union One Fifty techs over the local talent there, just because our guys are top notch. So that's just a matter of a matter of skill training, you know, commitment yes. to training both by the employees, the unions, and you know, within Alta as well. Sure. I mean, you were telling me a little bit about the um, the commitment to training that Alta um, you know has as part of its philosophy, Gianni. So, what does that mean? Um, you know, as far as if somebody's been working at Alta as a technician for you know five years, ten years, two years, um, and they want to take you know some sort of a class uh, to upgrade their skills, do they have access to that? Uh, you know, and kind of carte blanche to do that from the company and through the uh, through the union. Hundred percent, Chris. That's Chris's uh, background, so you can speak okay. more on it. But a hundred percent, yes. Um, yeah. So we basically at the beginning of the year we go. We have a training director. She's based out of Florida. We go th- sit down with every tech, say what path do you want to go down this year. What area of expertise are you looking to to enhance in and uh, have that conversation? And then we basically plan out a training for the year. Um, sometimes we get thrown curveballs. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually just picked up a new product line this year. Um, so we're going to actually have to get like six or seven techs trained on that as well. So, Well, yeah, as mechanics in the construction industry with the kind of sophisticated equipment mm-hmm. that's around now, it's no longer it's no longer just turning wrenches. Um, I mean, I know, for example, like the exhaust systems, on heavy equipment, uh, you know, the, the air that's coming out of the exhaust pipe is often cleaner than when it went in, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the standards on construction equipment, um, you know, have gone up through the EPA over the last 10 years, I think a couple of times. But, um, you know, my experience dealing with some of our members who are technicians, it's, it's an extremely professional job. Actually, we have uh, electric excavators. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Uh, uh-huh. We added those to our product line the last year. Um, we did training classes on those already. Uh, I think we got six or seven techs across the country at, with Altus Footprint trained on those. Um, they're they're kind of moving out there right now, but uh, we have the training and the tools for them. So, okay, what uh, what goes into the training? Curious for our listeners who are totally unfamiliar. I mean, is there classroom training involved? Um, it, uh, both. Ron, yeah, Ron can probably answer better. It's okay. been through them, so it's classroom training, but it it ends up being hands on too. We you got to do hands. I mean, I'm a retired tech, so. <laughs> You have to do hands-on because, just like you said, that, that technology is. I was a wrench, you know. If it, if it had nuts and bolts, I could fix it. Nowadays, you got to have the computer, you got to have the knowledge, you got to have some support somewhere that you can call to get if you run into a problem. So there's a lot to it, but yeah, it's hands-on and book training and constantly changing. It sounds yes, like yeah, every day. Well, yeah, I can say from for the apprenticeship program at Local 150, um, you know, we run a, a number of different apprenticeship programs from heavy equipment operator to uh, to drillers to material inspectors and heavy equipment technicians. And due to just the massive demand for the apprenticeship program uh, for operating equipment, that's only open for one month of the year typically. Um, but the heavy equipment technicians is open all the time because um, there's such a need for it, and there's just not there are not enough people um, out there, you know, getting into these programs. So if if somebody graduates uh, who's motivated and has a lot of skill and is talented, um, I mean, I'm sure you guys, I see you not want not yeah, yeah, you want, want them. You want I mean, to keep vocational them? That, you, you know, I, I have four kids myself, so I know what the, the uh, college costs are. Right. And um, you start talking about ROI, but, I mean, uh, if you, That's if no you, joke. you, you want to put your head down and go to work, uh, you got great benefits, uh, you get great pay, mm-hmm. um, and, and we, we consider ourselves a pretty good organization to work for. Um, so you can start in our in our company, you know, really sweeping the floor and become a tech. You could become, you know, director of service. You know, the sky's the limit. You know, so we, we love to hire, train, and, and hire within and promote from within. So yeah, it, it's a great living. I mean, we all we all hear it, but uh, 
you know whether it's a it's a tech whether it's an electrician whether it's a carpenter i mean you know there's there's this, the skilled trades are where it's at and there's certainly a a demand for it well here at the workers mike we couldn't agree more with you on that we talk about uh we talk about that a lot it's a it's a career option that a lot of people are not exposed to um you know whether it's high school guidance counselors not knowing that it's an option or you know parents uh not having a whole lot of experience in construction not passing that on um but it's uh it's a, a hidden gem actually ron and i both obviously ron was a tech i was also uh a tech with alta from mm-hmm. 2010 and like gianni said you can the sky's the limit for advancement here so yeah and, and gianni you started off you were a, a, an operating engineer at a local 324 in yeah, michigan right yeah i started up uh, my father and uncle had a uh, construction company small paving contractor but grew up really around equipment on a dozer when i was five years old so grew up on equipment truck driving concrete finishing so yeah i, I know the industry very well um so i get it uh, you know and i and i guess i i try to be you know i think i'm more relatable to uh whether it's a tech or even yeah, a customer course. you know we kind of been there done that right i understand the sense of urgency we all understand a sense of urgency and and that uptime matters and uh, that's our mantra within <clears throat> alta you know is really to take care of the customer um and, and build those relationships and you know customers for life is one of our guiding principles yeah and you get there from uh doing the things and product support leads the way 100 percent well i think having i mean anybody who's ever worked in construction has at some point been approached by somebody with a clipboard who has no idea what they do but <laughs> is you know determined to tell them how to do it better um so having you know having leadership that came up through the ranks and understands the issues that employees at every level are facing i think leads to leads to um you know more happier employees people who feel a little bit more engaged and again i mean the these jobs pay well you um you know since coming in at alta i know um, you know, you've you've shared a little bit of your philosophy on um, the value of treating people well, and the fact you know you were saying that uh, some folks are down in Kentucky from uh, this area because they're the best, and right. you know customers down there want them. So um, you know whether it's I think this is a great example of what can happen when the partnership of business and labors and you know workers who are bought into training and to being as skilled as they possibly can be um you know these workers are making good money these are these are not 15 dollars an hour jobs and you're not a company that's looking for people for 15 dollars an hour you pay your people well you treat them well you make sure that they're trained and uh you're successful they're successful and customers can't get enough of them so and that follows along with one of our other guiding principles, invest in the best. And, you know, if we're going to make that investment, we are going to pay top scale, mm-hmm. uh, especially for, you know, phenomenal you know, 150 candidate. You know, we aren't going to take shortcuts. We're going we're gonna to give them the tools and the resources, everything they need to do their job. And, you know, Ron's another example of, you know, promoting from within. Right. Uh, you know, we don't just promote people that went to college. I mean, the trades, we have amazing, uh, you know, people from 150 that we've promoted throughout the years that, you know, are in are management positions now. And because they've approached us or we've approached them as a candidate. And, um, you know, we really try to, you know, during our performance reviews, one of the things we do at the end of a performance review is talk about, you know, where do you see yourself in the company maybe one three five years down the road and a lot of times you get some great interaction there that maybe he doesn't want to be a technician the rest of his life and he's you know seen some other parts of the company that he really enjoys and wants to be a part of that so we'll start to groom them for that now so that they're ready when you know a position like that may open no i think that i think that's a that's a very very smart way to to approach business take your people and find out what their strengths and interests are because when people are doing something they enjoy they tend to do it a lot better um, so where where can people find out more about Alta? Um, do you guys have a website? Uh, we do. It's AltaEquipment.com. Um, you know, here in, uh, especially here in Illinois, um, you know, 
again we partner with 150 and the apprentice program um obviously they can they can reach out to you and, right. and you can get us you know, in touch with anybody that's interested but um you know again you know just a little bit johnny brought up you know sweeping floors to maybe you know I, that's what i started when i was 17 <laughs> sweeping floors and building hydraulic hoses and putting parts away and no kidding. you know 30 years later you know get a chance to be in illinois with a phenomenal team and johnny and i just uh took a tour of uh, all six locations uh in illinois and our, our northern gary branch and got a chance to shake every hand uh, mm-hmm. everybody that was there got sh- shake hands introduce ourselves as, as kind of the leadership team here and and just you know put a name to a face and not a number and right you know we had a lot we got to shake every technician's hand and thank them for what they do because we are a sales business but we can't sell without the product support that we have and you know reassuring them that you know we may sell the first machine but they sell everyone after that because right. if we can't take care of them or supply the parts or get out there in a timely manner then we can't get that repeat business which which keeps us in business so a uh, very important partnership we have with 150 and the technicians and you know all the all the union people that help us on a daily basis as the front people of our customer um focus you know in the store mm-hmm. uh, is huge and um you know it's 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 going to really pay dividends for all of us here and we're excited for a long journey that's great i i you know on this show we talk a lot we talk about success stories in the labor movement and you know businesses that do things the right way uh, far too often, there are more businesses who don't do things the right way. So, I mean, everything you're saying, um, I think, is just is welcome to the people that are listening who, you know, maybe don't get that kind of treatment at their jobs. So, it's nice to know that there are companies out there that are actually committed to their workers. And you guys are a success story that, again, shows uh, committing to your workers is not only the right thing to do, but it's good business. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, if uh, you know th- these jobs are out there, I'm talking to the listeners. These jobs are out there. They pay well. The training is fantastic, and these are skills that will last you for an entire career. So for technicians at Alta, um, you would go through a heavy equipment technician apprenticeship at the Operating Engineers Local 150. So what I'll do is I'll give a website for um, our training center, and that's asiplocal150.org. So you can go there. You can learn a little bit more about the technician program. And consider it because the the jobs are available. If uh, if workers are committed and they're eager to get after it, there's uh, there's certainly money to be made. You know, retirement savings, health care benefits, and um, you know, it's 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 a win win for everybody. So, um, I'd like to thank you guys for coming in, and thank, thank you. you for everything that you do every day. You know, to to support the members, to support all your employees, and you know, really to set a great example for all the other businesses that are out there. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Great. All right, everybody, stick with us. We'll be right back after a break right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. All right, welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. Um, This is Ed Maher. I'm here with Phil Davidson. And if you were listening before, we just wrapped up a panel with uh, some of the top dogs, the heavy hitters at Alta Equipment Group. Yeah, good and, group. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the the message was really great. I mean, and and it's a uh, again, you know, I'm, I could talk ad nauseum about this, but it's a great success story of treat workers well, and they will do great work for you. And uh, Alta is kind of a good example of a company that's doing very very well um, by going above and beyond for workers. So yeah. Um, so if you missed that. You should check out um, the YouTube page. Uh, starting at 9 o'clock, you can get on there, and that's uh, go on YouTube and look for the worker's mic, and you'll be able to find it. Check out that panel. It's uh, it's interesting, and there's also some info about uh, if you uh, or someone you know would like to maybe get one of these good jobs. Um, so at that note, I wanted to just give one last note for Alta. Um, 
their website, altg.com. Um, they have, uh, you know, job postings, various job postings at all their locations for that. So yeah, I think at every location they said they had job postings. For, yeah, so. and I think for technicians, you've got to uh, you you come in through uh, through the union through a union apprenticeship program, but they've got all kinds of job postings. So check them out. Um, you know, they clearly treat their people very well. So um, so definitely check them out. Um, but uh, you know, on to one other thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, you know. Phil, you've got a, a lot of interesting things going on with the Carpenters, but before right. we get to that, there was some news this week out of uh, Rise Dispensaries, which is a cannabis dispensary company here. Um, you know, and I think it's just in Illinois. Uh, it's a subsidiary of a company called Green Thumb Industries. Yes, just pretty clever. But um, their uh, their staff is represented by the Teamsters Local Seven Seven Seven, and they walked off the job uh, over a couple of issues. But I thought it was pretty funny. They walked off the job. At 4.20 p.m. on April 19th, uh, you know, just to sort of uh, impact potentially um, operations on 4.20. Yes. Which seems like, you know, not a very, like, chill pothead kind of a move. No. You know? But uh, the company... Sends a message, though. Yeah, for sure. So one of the issues that they had was um, the company was telling them that they didn't want them to wear their Teamsters pins on the job. And, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a small thing, but it's one of the... It's a, a very important symbol in the labor movement. When you're organizing a company, whether you just organized having that union pin or a union hat or a union shirt, it's your right to do that. And anybody who tries to stop you is actually violating um, you know, federal labor law. So Yeah, those uh, are worn with pride. They're not doing it for decoration. That's exactly. Right. I mean, as we talk about on the show, union membership is not easy for everyone to achieve. People no. fight long and hard and oftentimes don't get to the finish line. So. Um, so yeah, there were other issues there, but uh, just wanted to throw a shout out to the uh, the employees over at Rise Dispensary. Yeah, give them hell. Yeah, right on. Um, so this week, I know uh, Phil, you were telling me off the air about uh, a tax fraud days of action campaign that the Carpenters were working on. Yes, yes, we had uh, it. It began actually the week prior, and every year the United Brighter Heart of Carpenters and uh, Joiners of America, our international organization, we have a campaign that uh, begins the second week of April, and mm. it runs through tax day um, as a way to amplify what's going on. And the main issue here is we're just trying to raise awareness to the public, the policymakers, about the scourge of construction industry tax fraud. And it doesn't hit only carpenters. I right. mean, everyone is impacted by this, all the different building trades and basically what we're trying to stop are contractors who pay their employees in cash, who pay them under the table, who misclassify them right. as independent contractors, mm-hmm. give them 1099s, which prevents them from getting health benefits, which prevents them from being able to uh, apply for workers' compensation. Well, right. I mean, companies right. will tell employees like, hey, I'll just pay you cash. And right. people are like, oh, cash, that sounds good. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah, until right. you, you know sprain an ankle or your kid gets sick and you need to go to the hospital and uh, you're out of luck and your employer's just like, hey, tough, you know, I I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. And those same employers then, by paying people in cash, are not contributing to the income tax for the state, for both federal and state. Uh, They're not paying into the workers' compensation fund. Just the state and our local communities, you know, lose out on a lot of significant and necessary tax revenue, which, as we know, I mean, in any state right now, but especially Illinois and City of Chicago, is is much needed. Right. Um, I think the numbers that we've been able to pull, thanks to our good friends at Aleppi, uh, yeah. is about like a- Shout out to the Illinois Economic Policy Institute. They're the best. Yeah. Uh, Frank Manzo. 
shout out to you, but they came up about $186 million at Illinois. Wow. Alone loses out on every year. And that's real money. Right. I mean, that's, real money. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, you know, helping helping people afford to send their kids to to preschool or right. you know any number of things. I mean, you could go into to public projects, but uh, public safety. Right. When when that money, yeah, I mean, we we um, we had the uh, the group from um, Department of Labor and AFL CIO in here last week talking about um, the Workers Memorial Day, which is coming up next Sunday. And one of the most important things that they talked about was how the state puts resources into doing free safety inspections on job sites. Yep. And that's, I mean, there, it's not like there's a ton of money sitting there to cover all that. So $180 million of money that should be coming into the tax system, but is not because, um, you know, unscrupulous contractors are just pocketing this, leaving the state on the hook, leaving their workers on the hook, and just, you know, putting the money in their pockets. Yes, um, and it, it makes it very difficult for our signatory contractors for good union contractors in any industry to compete. Right. You know, when you're up against a guy who can lowball bid right. because he's paying guys in cash, he doesn't pay him any benefits, it makes it very hard for them. Right. So that's, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to protect them, we're trying to protect taxpayers, mm-hmm. and we're protecting workers who are getting screwed over and taken advantage of. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's two sides of the spectrum because, uh, you know, early in the show we hear about a contractor that is determined to do the right things and profit because they're doing things the right way and it works. And then on this side, you have people that are uh, paying cash, not even, you know, uh, paying their state obligations. And, you know, there are folks everywhere who will say, oh, you know, we've got to let let job creators, uh, we've got to let them off easy. Listen, (laughs) if they're going to cheat the system to not pay and it's going to leave a gap where the rest of us who pay our taxes either don't get service or have to pay more to cover that, you know, I'm... Uh, you know, I, I respect contractors for creating jobs and doing the right things, but um, you know, if they're going to illegally skirt their obligations, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be the one footing the bill for that. We're all picking up the slack, exactly. That's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, good work, uh, good work by the carpenters for for getting out. Thank and doing you. That. I yeah, we were everywhere. We were um, Thompson Center, Daly Center, Wrigley Field, just in Chicago. But then, you know, because our jurisdiction expands into Kansas, Missouri, we were in St. Louis, Kansas City, pretty much everywhere in between. Um, we think we had ninety events this year, bannering activity in front of you know high profile locations. In front of uh, targets that uh, you know what we have found that are, right. are violating um, you know tax uh, fraud laws and, and wage theft, so yeah. um, it was a good good campaign. Well, you guys had the wage theft campaign that you talked about a couple of months ago, but um, you've identified uh, many many contractors. I mean, a handful of contractors with really really big uh, sets of violations where and these their employees aren't even represented by the carpenters, but you're going to bat for these people um and in a couple of cases they've uh, they've been penalized and had to come to settlements through the state where you know their their employees are getting tens of thousands of dollars yeah yeah cases. i think one one case a guy received retroactive pay of sixty thousand dollars wow that he was cheated out of. and he was not a member of the car he was not a member of the car you guys call him and he's like who are you yeah. hey, my name's phil i have sixty we got a gift for you yeah, right yeah, boy, that guy better love unions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what? Are, what is a penalty like if somebody is out there um, listening and they're being paid, you know, cash under the table? They think something's being done wrong and they don't want to be held up, uh, you know, some kind of tax problem uh, or an audit or some issues with the IRS. Like what? What are they? Uh, what are they left to do? 
like uh, is there like an agency they reach out to or yeah i mean our agents that's what they do i mean they visit any jobs like they can and they talk to the they talk to the workers there they find out the situation about what they're getting paid especially mm-hmm. if it's in you know prevailing wage job right so yeah um i think the best place to go to is just go to our website we have information on there um carpentersunion.org and you can easily find uh information on there where you can report tax fraud report wage theft and we'll investigate it and you know we'll bring cases to the department of labor right and get them investigated now it's it's a challenge for sure absolutely because you need guys to come forward and be willing it's a to testify yeah. it's a bold move i mean a lot of people you know you're uh, you know i my, i tip my hat to them because it's it's very brave a lot of guys who are victims of tax fraud come um you know come over as immigrants and they get taken advantage of mm-hmm. and they don't know any better and they're like okay well i'm getting paid cash um, you know, they're, they, they find work through labor brokers, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty seedy industry there. And so they don't want to rock the boat. I mean, in, in some cases, some of these guys can be, their lives could be threatened. Right. So it takes, it's a lot to investigate. It's a lot to prosecute, but we're, uh, we're certainly not going to back down from it. Yeah. And I mean, anybody out there who's working for cash right now and thinking like, this is a pretty sweet deal. I don't have to pay any taxes. I don't know a whole lot of people that are doing really, really, really well who are still getting paid cash under the table. That, that system is made to short you. Um, so what, no matter how well you think you're doing, you could be doing better. Yeah. And the day's also going to come, whether you work in construction or somewhere else, the day's going to come that you get sick, that you get married, that your wife wants insurance, and it's going to be like, well, I don't have insurance, I, you know, but I got cash. And exactly. she's probably going to walk down the bar to the next guy who has insurance. He'll be looking <laughs> for the guy with the carpenter's jacket on. Right. He's like, hey, I got a pension. So. I know, and, and that's what we, it's it's so sad. We've talked about this on the show before. When you hear guys working, getting paid cash for twenty years, they retire. They they got nothing. They right. got absolutely nothing. I mean, sure, you maybe you make some money, you put it under, you hide it under your bed, right? But the you know, expenses come along, and then when you're that means you got to work until you're seventy or eighty. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's, sad, a it's, sad it's, thing. It's it's hard to think about. Yeah, yeah. We all hate to uh, hate to see the. Uh, the the older folks that are left working in grocery stores and you know just doing whatever their bodies will still allow them because right. they, you know it's, that's all uh, I can. But yeah, I mean that's uh, that's what unions are here for, right? So um, you know, listen up, everybody. This is uh, this is important, and uh, we're out here trying to 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 fix this problem to help the state. You know. Balance its books. It certainly always has enough trouble doing that. Yep. And um, you know, and to help workers as well. So um, we've got to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back in just a minute with uh, the workers' mic right here on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to the workers' mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the workers' mic right here on seven twenty WGN. Uh, we've had a good show today, and uh, we've got uh, just a few minutes left to talk. But uh, one thing that's been in the news that you know you hear a little bit here and there, and uh, I wanted to get into it because uh, it seems like there's a, uh, a deadline coming up pretty soon, is this impending writer's strike um, in the entertainment industry. So it's the, the Writers Guild has, I think, their contract ends on uh, May 1st, or May 1st is the, the deadline on this, but... Um, is it both East and West? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's two different unions, but the one thing I'll say about the entertainment industry, whether it's SAG, whether it's the Writers Guild, like they, they stick together very, very well. Yes. Um, but uh, but they're out trying to get a, uh, a new contract, and it seems like a, a strike is almost a foregone conclusion the way people are talking about this. And um, looking into this a little bit, 
it's a really interesting thing because the last time they went on strike was 2007. Um, but think about the world in which like you write for a TV show mm-hmm. or you're a cameraman on a TV show uh, or you're an actor. In the old days, you um, you know you work on Friends and you get paid per episode. And then every time it's on NBC, you get paid Residuals. more for that. And on a show, not to interrupt, that would have 23 episodes. Right, exactly. More episodes. Per season, 35 even. Right. Now a lot of TV shows have 10 episodes. Right. So now we're in a world um, that's completely changed and kind of continues to. So one of the most uh, highly rated shows on TV that was used as an example, I don't actually watch it, but um, you know I've heard a lot about it. It's Abbott Elementary. Yep. Um, so that show's on ABC. And right after it airs on ABC, they put it on Hulu. And after it's on Hulu for a couple of days, it goes to HBO Max. Now, okay. what does all this mean? Why is this important? If you're a writer on Abbott Elementary, the pay per episode is $13,500. And um, that's what you get paid when it's on ABC. And if it re-airs, that's what you get paid when they, they put the show into syndication. So it's a nice, healthy paycheck. When somebody watches it on Hulu, you get paid $700. Really? Yeah. So these And, and HBO Max is the same thing. So... Shows are being taken, and they're put onto these streaming services. And I'll also say um, the streaming services are losing billions of dollars. You know, we uh, there used to be Netflix, and then there was Hulu, and then there was Disney+. Plus, and now there's everything. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. I have way too many subscriptions to streaming services. But Yeah, you're almost paralyzed by yeah. what to watch because there's too many options, right? Yeah, people used to, uh, used to say, you know, we need an a la carte menu. Cable's too expensive. We need to just be able to pick what we want. And man, now we got it. And, you know, I'll say, uh, you know, streaming probably wouldn't be as, as quickly impacted by a strike because these streaming net- or networks like, you know, Netflix, Hulu, et cetera, they have a lot of content that's just, you know, just uh, lined up and, you know, um, but it's, it's, this industry is changing so quickly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that these writers figure out a good way to continue getting paid because, as you said, when you're going from these old sitcoms that had 25-episode seasons and now you're on to streaming shows that have eight or ten episodes in a season, there's less opportunity to make money. The residuals and the pay is less, um, you know, for the workers. So if we want to continue to have good entertainment, we've got to, you know, keep good people able to make Correct. a living in there's this no i mean in television the writer is king i mean there's right. they, i mean and i think from what i remember people who worked in the industry and like in movies writers are nobody right <laughs> they they don't even allow them on the set it's all driven by the producers but in in television the writer is king and i believe the guild negotiates with the producers guild i think that's right right and so that's what's come down on. and the producers are still making their money but yeah it's the writers and I know a couple people who work in television, and yeah, because there's so such a limited number of shows that staff for more than ten episodes. You right. know, there's just not many of those those sitcom type shows that have long story arcs in, in in several episode runs. It's just really hard out there. And and then when you mentioned the fact that you're getting paid for episodes that you're actually credited on. Mm-hmm. You know, people hear, oh, you're a Hollywood writer. You're making. They're not making a lot of money, right? And so they, they've yeah. changed the model too with a lot of the the networks as well as the streaming groups. They used to pay people to sit in a room and 
come up with ideas for a show and yep. to write you know ideas for a show. Now they have a new thing, and I think it's called like uh, like small room or something like that, where they bring everybody together. And you talk about the show before you actually start writing the episodes. And all the work you do, it's the same exact work, um, but you don't get paid right pay for it. For yeah. it. So yeah. they've, they've got a lot of work to do. And, as and they somebody, need to, yeah, they need to negotiate right now before yeah. chat GPT takes over right as well. Because you know the studios are going to be looking at that. Let's yeah. get some AI-generated content. Yeah. As, so, yeah, let's, let's get that contract signed now. Yeah, I love good television. I think yeah. we live in the golden age of, uh, of TV. And um, so, you know... Go get them, as yeah. you said. You know, give them hell. Give them Writers hell. Guild, we're, uh, we're we're solidarity. The workers, Mike. Um, okay, well, um, one thing I wanted to talk about um, is you were mentioning Phil that the Carpenters actually have some uh, apprenticeship opportunities right now. We I we talked do. about what 150 has, and I, I'd like you to to give a little bit more information about the opportunities. At the Carpenters. Yeah, you know, we always have um, application periods throughout the year. We're accepting new apprentices, and right now we have an opening for concrete form builders. So if you're interested, which is a lot of work happening right now, especially with all the infrastructure work that's coming down the pipeline and all the money coming from Congress to fund that work. So you know, if you want to get into road building, bridge building, concrete form on uh, vertical infrastructure, Mm -hmm. this is a good opportunity. And um, you can go to MACTC. Dot org MACTC.org. That's our training website and learn how you can apply. It's okay. um, the application period goes from now until the end of May. Okay. Um, but go on there. Uh, there's a form to fill out. You got to go apply in person. Um, it's obviously a great, great job. Right. Uh, as we all know, a career in the building trades is very lucrative. It's very fulfilling. You'll get a pension. You get to earn while you learn. One right. of our famous things that we like to, to sell. Well, yeah, go to training and not wind up with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I mean, imagine like getting paid to go to college is what you're How about it? what you're getting getting to do here. So, um, yeah, we're very uh, very excited to keep bringing in new blood into the union. And um, yeah, if you're interested in, in a great career. Get uh, go to that website and learn more on how to apply. MACTC.org. MACTC.org. Concrete C-T-C-R. Form Builders. You got it. You got it. Nice. Uh, we've got to wrap up for this week. Thank okay. you, everyone, for uh, for sticking with us for the show. Ken, good luck catching the fish out there. Good luck, Ken. And uh, we'll be back with you next week right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.